Welcome to another episode of the Low Expectations Podcast. I'm your host, Ty, coming to you here Monday afternoon post week seven in the NFL. Absolutely wild week of football. Ton to dive into, ton to talk about. Coming to you here with Tales from the Couch from week seven. I'm going to have a lot to dive into. Just sat down yesterday at 11 o'clock, started watching football, and by the time that Cardinal Seahawks game ended, it was about 11 o'clock again. So, about 12 straight hours of football, dove in on all these games um, and have a lot of thoughts and takes. Usually do about four or five games, um, probably going to do more today. Uh, I feel like I watched enough of all these games to really have thoughts about a lot of them. So yeah, let's just dive right in, huh? Um, how do you not start with what I think is the game of the year so far? It was the Sunday night game. Last night, it was the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. Um, wow, what a game, what a game. 37-34 is your final. Cardinals trailed the whole night. They trailed by double digits at different points in the second half and the first half, um, including once with under three minutes left in the fourth quarter. They were down by 10 points. So crazy win for them, big win for them, uncharacteristic loss for Seattle and performance from Russ. Um, Seattle usually is the team winning this type of game where it's like, wait, how did they win that game? And I'm the voice of every other fan base in the NFC when I say it's about time Seattle loses a game like this, that we're sitting here right now like, wow, how does Seattle lose that one? Um, it's about time. They, they, they had this game the whole way and they blew it. Um, and it was great to see. It really was. Um, <laughs> but let's dive into the game. I mean, like I said, Seattle really controlled this throughout. At, at different points, Seattle was up 20 to 7. Seattle was up 27 to 14. Seattle was up 34 to 24. Um, and that was the, obviously the amazing touch pass from Russ to Lockett in the corner of the end zone where Lockett drags his foot where it's like, no way he got that in live. And then they slow it down. It's like, wow, he got that in. How did Russ make that throw? Um, We've seen it a lot from those guys. Those are two of the best at it right now in terms of that specific play. They are the best. I don't know who else is making those plays. It's always those two. They've they've made like three or four of them now in the the corner of the end zone with Russ throwing the ball to the moon and just falls perfectly in his arms. And that's the thing with Russ. He can put the ball wherever he wants. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, and then they go up 10, and it's like, wow, wow, Seattle's got this. They're going to go to 6-0. and um, But Seattle's huge problem, and um, I tweeted it yesterday, and I believe it. I just think their defense will be the reason they don't make the Super Bowl. It's, too, it's not good enough. I mean, you can't have this poor of a defense and make the Super Bowl. It's, it's the worst defense in the league outside of Dallas. I mean, Dallas just got cooked by Washington, so they're barely even an NFL defense. So this is, one, this is the worst def, non-Dallas defense in the league. Um, they can't stop anyone. <laughs> they, they, can't, they can't rush the passer at all. Who would have known that the Clowney loss would have been this big for them? They, they literally can't rush the passer at all. Um, and their secondary is very flawed too. They, they, they just can't stop anyone. And they're 5-1, and one, but they very – I mean, 4-1 and one in one-score games. It's the, same score, it's the same story with Seattle every single year. That's why I'm saying it's about time they lost a game like that. They were well overdue, well overdue. I mean, they were 8-2 and two in one-score games last year. Now they're 4-1 and one this year. I, and you go throughout you, – you, you, I don't know how they do this. I don't know how they're doing this. Um, 
but they keep winning these close games. They finally don't yesterday. Playing this way is going to come back to bite you at some point. It's not sustainable. Um, you can have Russ, who damn well be might, might be the best player in the league. Uh, you can have Pete Carroll. That infrastructure, been in every game. But just ultimately, football's too random. And, and stuff like a miss, a miss hot read, which that's what we'll talk about now. Uh, Russ, three picks. Uh, they, the miss hot read and the Isaiah Simmons, who played five snaps picks it, um, puts Arizona in good position to win the game, and they ultimately do. Um, very uncharacteristic game from Russ, like I said, I mean, and Seattle. Seattle loses the close game, and Russ throws three picks. All three picks were horrible and just really inexcusable. I mean, he just threw that ball right to Isaiah Simmons. They say it's a missed hot read. That's what it looks like, trying to get a little closer to make it more manageable, fourth down. Um, you know, so you know, what are you going to do? But the one at the goal line... That one's atrocious. I mean, Buddha Baker read it the whole way. The only reason it's not like a 98-yard pick six is because DK Metcalf is an alien and not from this world. I mean, just an incredible athletic feat to run him down. I mean, I really, like, that guy's a freak. Like, DK Metcalf is one of the best athletes to ever be in the NFL, without a doubt. Um, and he just, he, he, he runs Buddha Baker down who... Buda Baker, guys, it's not like Buda Baker's slow. If you're if you're wondering what Buda Baker's forty time is, he ran a four four, <laughs> and DK ran him down. I mean, DK's just different. Um, but on DK, he really didn't have a big day because Arizona had Patrick Peterson shadow him the whole game. Patrick Peterson followed him around. DK only had five targets, two catches for twenty one yards for DK. Really a non-factor. He saves the pick six, but it was Lockett over and over and over again. 20 targets for, for Lockett. I mean, Drake hurt Patrick, man. I mean, just ice up after that game, as Steve Smith would say. I mean, just a brutal day for him. They were throwing at him every single time he was on the field. Arizona had to take him off the field towards the end of the game because he was getting just torched and, and just getting cooked. I mean, every time Lockett was lined up against him, it was Lockett winning that matchup easily. Um, and I mean, the one in the end zone, what can you really do? But just a rough day for him. Arizona secondary, very flawed without uh, outside of Peterson. But Peterson really shuts down Metcalf. That guy still got it at an elite level. Arizona's now sitting at five and two, Seattle five and one, both teams in what could be arguably the best, comp, uh, best uh, division in football. Um, you know, just big win for Arizona. And, and we'll get to them now. We've kind of focused a lot on Seattle and just kind of how they fell apart here and they lost this game. But big win for Arizona, and you got to give them credit. Masterful drive to get the kickoff uh, in overtime, uh, before over on that last drive in the fourth quarter to tie the game. Um, and then, I mean, the decision to kick is kind of what's overshadowing everything. I mean, it's like, how do you do that? They still won, but it was such a bad decision that it's still like you need to talk about it. It's like, how do you kick there? They still win the game, though, so that's all that ultimately matters. Uh, but I still like Cliff as a coach. He just like just does some stuff like that sometimes. It's just kind of a head-scratcher. I mean, you, you're moving the ball down the field. I mean, Edmonds, who was fantastic, it's 10 yards a carry, 8 yards a carry. Kyler finding someone over the middle for 7 yards. Kyler running for 6, 7 first downs like like six seven yards or first downs like it, they were just marching up and down the field like 
there was no reason not to just keep doing that. Just run the ball three more times or two more times. Kick it on third down. Like to just kneel it on first to try and center it, fine. But also you're just torching them. Like just go score. I don't get that about coaches. But I mean, um, that like it that they still ultimately win the game, and it's a big win for Arizona. This is an up and coming team that I've been really high on. Uh, they kind of had a shaky little bump bump of a road there when they lost those two in a row where they lost to uh the lions and the and the uh the cardinals or the uh the lions and the panthers um but they've won these last three uh, and kind of back on track here sitting at five and two i really like them i mean the defense is flawed but and i know kyler's not a perfect player but kyler's another guy that it's just so hard to game plan against him he's 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 going to get yards on the ground. He's going to put up big yards on the ground. 67 on the ground on 14 carries and a touchdown yesterday. I mean, it's all, you just have to game plan for so much. And with Cliff, as creative as they are, and now they have Hopkins, like they're just not a fun offense to go against. And, um, and I like them. I, I might be higher on them than most still. I, I think this is a really good team. They can put up points. The defense is a problem. It's just like Seattle, like their defense is a problem. Seattle's more complete on offense and they're better than Arizona, I still think. I know that's tough, like Arizona just won the game, but ultimately I would pick Seattle making it further in the playoffs. But yeah, I like Arizona. I think they're definitely a playoff team. Um, and if they can get some more pieces on defense, then that could be helpful. But also Seattle's just going to put up 30 on everyone because their offense is... Talk about hard to go against. I mean, you split out Lockett and DK and David Moore, and you have Russ who can extend plays, and he can put the ball wherever he wants and make every throw on the field, and they can run the ball a little. I mean, Seattle, like, their offense is probably the best in the league, and or one of the best in the league. Like, their top five offense, I should say. I need to be better about that. They're, they're top five offense. You got KC who's been fantastic. You have Green Bay, who's been fantastic. But Seattle's offense is very legit, but their defense is a real, real problem. Um, but we'll transition here to another NFC East team. Big win for Arizona, though. A kind of a, could be a kind of a culture-setting, changing-type win where maybe they can go on a run now. An up-and-coming team that wins a game like that, that maybe they shouldn't have won against an established elite contender in Seattle um, we've seen that torpedo young teams before and I wouldn't be surprised if it does it with Arizona Kyler's a special talent and now they get a bye um, and then coming off the bye they play the Dolphins at home so they could really be six and two here in a couple weeks uh, I think Arizona's a good solid playoff team um, and then you, you 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 go to their playoff odds quickly I know we're going long on this game but it was a great game uh, and Arizona 66%. So 538, still not all the way there on them. I just, but that's also the division there. It's brutal. Um, none of these NFC West teams have easy schedules because they're going to have to play each other. And, but I still like Arizona. Um, all right, let's transition to another NFC West team that's been, that's now uh, a little back on track. Won two in a row, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Niners, Pats, Niners go into Gillette and just completely and totally dominate them. 33-6 is your final in that one. 
never a game. It could have been 50 to six. Like the Niners left points on the board. Um, just a complete and total domination. Let's start on New England because it's really looking like they're going to be irrelevant for the first time in, what, 20 years? Uh, come late season, which is which is great. I love Cam. You won't find a bigger Cam than me, but I still hate Boston sports. Uh, and you you look at Cam, let's talk about Cam, because I think you kind of got to start there. He's 9 of 15 for 98 yards and three picks. It's an absolutely abysmal game. And we kind of talked about this in, in the quarterback tier show. When it's bad with Cam, it can look really bad. Now, this was the worst game of his career. I didn't know that the floor was this low. Um, the floor can always go lower for everyone. It's just a good life lesson, I think. But, I mean, you look at Cam and... It started off really well. Like the first two weeks, first three weeks, it, it was going really well. Um, they were two and one. Their only loss was that shootout in Seattle. Um, and things were going good. And I, I thought, yeah, Cam's looking good. Um, and he gets COVID. How healthy is he? I mean, he's not testing positive anymore. He's looked horrible since he's came back. I mean, he was atrocious against Denver. Uh, Belichick said he's certainly the starter for the Bills game. This is their season. Uh, you look at now New England, they are in, they're in real trouble. I mean, they're just in real, real trouble. Their playoff odds sitting at 22%. That's only because it's 15 for the division. Um, so they're in real trouble. They, are, they go to Buffalo where they're only three-and-a-half-point dogs. Seems low. I, 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 sit, I sit here thinking that's, that, seems, that seems low uh, because – Buffalo, as shaky as they looked, I don't know how New England's going to score on that defense. Now we'll get to we're going to have the pick show this week, of course, but that originally at first glance that line seems low. So I mean, if they lose it that game, they're two and five. They still have games against the Bills again and Baltimore, and let's go through their schedule. I mean, they're sitting at two and four. And it, they're really on the brink. They're at Buffalo, at Jets. That's a good time to get the Jets. But then first Baltimore, at Houston, first AZ, at Chargers, at Rams, at Miami, first Buffalo, first Jets. Yeah, New England season's over. I think I can sit here today and say New England season's over, especially if Cam's going to get this. And it's like, how is this really going to get better? I mean, are they going to use his legs more? Maybe. I mean, this is the staff that you trust to flip over every stone, I guess, per se, in, ter in terms of how do we figure out something that could potentially work, that could potentially help us win. But I don't know really what they turn to because the weapons are, uh, to say the weapons are limited is is underselling it. Like they, It's really bad what they have on the outside there. He has no one to throw to. Um, the line's a little shaky. The running backs are like just like this hodgepodge group that can produce at times like Burkhead, um, Michelle, White, um, that kind of, depending on the matchup, could be useful, but you're not going to rely on them as your guy at all for 16 games, um, nothing close to that. So it's getting dark early for New England. Um, meanwhile, the person that is currently winning the divorce, Tom Brady, things are bright and sunny right now in Tampa, Florida, as the Bucks can, they continue to roll. I mean, they're five and two, another dominant performance, another uh, big win. They go to Vegas and blow out the Raiders, put up 45. Um, they also signed Antonio Brown 
I don't know if you heard about that. We talked about that potential signing with Seth on Thursday's pod. And on Thursday, it really seemed like it was Seattle. It was going to be Seattle that was going to get him. And then it comes down Friday, I think it was, that it was it was Tampa. And yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, they add him to this completely stacked receiving core of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and now Antonio Brown, and also Scott Mitchell, who's just this white slot guy that Brady's found. It's everywhere Brady goes. Amendola and Edelman in New England, and now he has Mitchell here. Um, just a it's a blanket safety target that Brady likes to have. He has it again here. He has these monsters on the outside, and now they're adding a guy that when he stopped playing football, now granted that was over a year ago at this point, and he played one game. It's really been over two years at this point since he's been on a real team um, or like played on, he was on the Raiders, never played um, on the Pats, played one game. Uh, we know the AB story uh, and now he's coming to Tampa, but when he stopped playing, he was the second, third, first, depending on who you asked, best receiver in the league. Now they're just adding him to that. I mean, that's unfair They're looking good because the defense is legit. I mean, the defense really right now is one of the best defenses in the league. They have so much speed. They swallow you up with their speed. It's speed at every level. They have a. They're well coached. I mean, Tampa's looking really good right now. Um, They're five and two. Beat out, blew up Green Bay. Seattle lost. I mean, Seattle. I mean, yeah. I think Tampa. If you call Tampa the best team in the NFC, I don't think that's crazy. Um, I think there's a good argument for that. They look great. Um, and now, you know, long season. Now they go to the Giants on Monday night. So they're going to be 6-2. and two. Let's pull up Tampa's schedule. I lo- uh, love to pull up schedules. I know it might not be the best to listen to, but I just I love to pull up the schedule. Yeah, so it's t- I knew they played New Orleans soon. So the next Sunday night's New Orleans, Tampa. Uh, New Orleans really getting back on track here a little bit, too. Uh, Tampa looks great, though. I mean, two straight dominant performances. They were kind of getting going before then, too. It seems like after some time together, they're more on target. By the way, Gronk looks rejuvenated. Um, Yeah, Tampa looks good. Tampa looks good. So Saints-Panthers. Panthers Panthers was one of my picks. By the way, guys, finally a good gambling week for us. Finally. We we go 5-1 with the picks. We're we're back in this. We're back coming to you guys with winners. Um, So we sit... To you, 19 and 23, so still four games under, but we're back uh, as in terms of at least not an embarrassing record. Um, and Carolina won for us, and this was one of the winners. Saints are little, they, they just, they continue to find ways to win these games. I mean, they easily could have lost the, the, the Chargers game. Uh, they didn't, they easily could have lost this game. They didn't. Um, it's, I don't know, man, it's not impressive. It's not pretty with New Orleans. But they're going to win these games. Uh, they're, they're, they're a solid team, and they're good. Uh, they're not as good as I thought they were going to be before the year. you got to remember I picked them to w- make the Super Bowl. Um, but Breeze, 29-36, two TDs. He's going to be efficient, and if you just look at the box score, it, everything's going to be fine. But if you really look at it, it just, it's a lot of short yard stuff. It's a lot of short yard stuff. Um, but they can win that way. They can win most of these games that way. The problem is, can they beat the elites? And I just, I don't think so. Right now, I think there's a gap between them and Tampa. Can they close it? Yes. But right now, 
definite gap gap between them and Tampa. Um, so another great game that we sh- that uh, probably should have got to earlier, but just went uh, heavy NFC there for a minute. Um, and the Sunday night game was bonkers. Um, but so Pittsburgh, Tennessee, battle of two undefeateds. Uh, and Pittsburgh wins. Pittsburgh wins 27 to 24. Pittsburgh led the whole way. It was not, it felt like it was over. It felt like, wow, this is a really impressive showing by Pittsburgh. It was 27 to seven in the third. Um, and then Tennessee just, Tennessee just keeps fighting. They keep going. They, 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 they came back against Houston. They came back against Denver. They, they came back. They have these comebacks wins. They've had comeback wins this season. Um, and, oh, Minnesota was the other one. I was trying to th- think of the, that other comeback when they had. Uh, and so, they're, bang, they, they, they really start to click a little bit. Pittsburgh's defense was completely dominating them. And then it's A.J. Brown, who's the Yak King, 74 yards, touchdown. And then Derrick Henry gets going, touchdown. But... Ultimately, Pittsburgh's able to hang on. Pittsburgh's now the only undefeated team remaining in the league. The Pittsburgh thing, uh, Jacob came on here with me and Seth and did we did a mega NFL preview show back, if you remember, think back far. And then he picked Pittsburgh to make the AFC Championship game to win the AFC North. Um, I couldn't go there at all. I was skeptical on that. I, I thought Pittsburgh would be a playoff team. Um, but I didn't think they would be that. I didn't think they were in Baltimore's tier or on Baltimore's level. I think they are now. And now they play them next week. That's a great game. I mean, that's just an absolutely great game. These two teams are rivals with, with history, um, getting this rivalry back in a different form. You know, it was Flacco and the defenses against Ben and the, the Steelers defense for a long time. And now it's this different version of Pittsburgh and this yeah, all these young weapons they have. Washington has two touchdowns yesterday. Claypool's been great. Um, and Juju had some big conversions on third down. And he still is talented. He's, he's not, the, the numbers aren't there with Juju. Maybe they'll come, maybe they won't. Um, but still young, talented receiver. They grow young, talented receivers on trees there. Uh, ben with three picks. And the one in the end zone was bad. Uh, he thought he could get it over the defender. He just he just couldn't get it there. Um, that was his worst game of the season, probably, and they still won in Tennessee. Ooh, that's scary. That's scary to think about if you're the rest of the AFC. Tennessee's legit, uh, and they're legitimately good. I think um, Tannehill, though, you, you saw what I was talking about in that quarterback thing, if you listened. It's how do you feel about him when he's down? And he almost came back, and he almost he almost did it, but he wasn't able to do it. Um, they were down. I mean, you, you look at Tannehill in this game, you look at Tennessee in this game, and when they can't go to that, I know they almost won, but when they can't go to that, it really, that type of offense where it's pound and action and, and run game and action, it, 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 it becomes a lot harder for them. Uh, Tannehill, 18-30, 220 and two touchdowns, it's just a it's a meh game. It's a meh game. It's a, and and you need more from him in a game like that. I think you you just do. And I I, I think the missed kick, um, Pittsburgh able to hang on. He 
Tannehill did drive him down the field. He's solid. I've been pro Tannehill. I've been calling him a top 10 quarterback. But ultimately, my point is, in games like that, that's why I can't consider Tennessee an elite AFC team. Because ultimately, you need him a little bit more, just a little bit more, and you can't quite get it from him. But Pittsburgh's great, man. I mean, 6-0. Baltimore next week. Um, Baltimore by three and a half, by the way, if you're wondering, that line in Baltimore next week, which is an 11 o'clock game. I need that game later, man. Come on, NFL. Flex Cowboys-Eagles out of Sunday night for for Steelers-Ravens. This has to happen. Please. Please, for, for the good of the people of America. We're in a fucking pandemic. Can we at least get a decent Sunday night game? Um... <laughs> Jesus, how is that the Sunday night game? I know before the year that looked good, but didn't we just flex out Raiders Bucks? That was at least decent. We could flex, we need to flex out Eagles Cowboys. I know the ratings and their big markets, I get it, but we gotta flex that game out for Ravens Steelers. Are you kidding me? The NFL cannot pass up this opportunity. The Ravens Steelers gotta be the Sunday night game. Um, but yeah, Pittsburgh's really good. And my point was, so Jacob, and I I'm, I'm got way off on a tangent, but Jacob said, I, I couldn't get there. But I, I've been on them since. I came on here and said they're the third best team in the AFC. They might be the best team in the AFC. I mean, it's a measure, it's a, it's a, I, the winner of that game next week, I mean, you still got KC, they're the champs. They kind of got to hold the best team in the AFC title, tell, proven otherwise. They're the champs, they're six and one. They look great. They, they went into Denver in snow and put up 40 plus. I know they got a defensive score, but still. Yesterday, I mean, Casey's, we know, a machine. But Pittsburgh goes into Baltimore and wins, sitting at 7-0, 7-0. Call them the best team in the AFC. I can't argue with you. So uh, can't wait for that game next week. Um, what other games? Like, want to get to a lot of games. We'll get to, we'll, we'll get to uh, hmm, where do we want to go next? Because I want to talk about just the bottom Let's go. Okay, so let's go. Jags, Chargers. Uh, let's take actually take a break and then Jags, Chargers. All right, coming back. Jags, Chargers. Um, good game, entertaining game. Jags, horrible. Um, one and six. We're here to talk about Herbert and the Chargers. Herbert, another masterful game. He's twenty-seven of forty-three. A lot of those incompletions came early on. He was a little shaky early on, but he definitely settled in. 27 to 43, 347 yards, three touchdowns. This kid is this kid is special. Like this kid is very very good. I mean, 12 touchdowns, three picks as a rookie. Um, he's and he and he looks the part too. Uh, these these are legit. He's pushing the ball down the field. He has deep. He has great great deep ball accuracy and touch on deep balls. Um, he sees the field well. He's not making turnovers. It's this is really surprising. Yeah. There was no signs of this in college that this was coming this quickly. And the talent, absolutely. He has a cannon for an arm. He he has he has he's the he's the perfect he's the perfect kind of prospect type quarterback. He's tall, big armed, um, and played at a big school. I mean, seriously, he checked off every boxes, but you plugged in the tape and it just was so unimpressive. It was so underwhelming. And then now he comes into the league and it's this immediately. It's very impressive what he's doing. He's a stud. He's a star. He's a young star. And the Chargers get this win. Um, and the, but man, 
the, the Anthony Lynn, he's got to go. He's just, he, he, he needs to go. They're sitting at two and four. The Chargers could easily have a better record like every year. I mean, the Chargers are the opposite of the Seahawks. Every year the Chargers could have a better record and they don't. Um, and every year Seattle probably should have a little worse record and they don't. I mean, these two teams couldn't be more polar opposites. Every close game the Chargers lose, we know. Um, but they get this win, and now you pull up San. You pull up the uh, Jesus. I almost said San Diego, but you pull up the uh, Chargers' schedule, and they really could kind of go on a run here. Um, now the thing with the Chargers is they could lose these games too because they're the Chargers. But and they were trailing in the fourth quarter to Jacksonville yesterday. But still, they have enough talent. And if Herbert is this guy, and I'm there, I, I think he's a star. I mean, he's really, really good. Now the Chargers just need to not screw this up, but. On the schedule, they have at Denver, first Oakland, at Miami, first the Jets, at Buffalo, first New England, first Atlanta, at Vegas, first Denver, at KC, week 17, when who knows, KC could be resting. So you look at this and it's like, wow, the Chargers really could go on a run here. They're sitting at two and four, uh, two games back of the seven seed right now in the AFC. Um, but like this is a schedule that they could they could go is is seven and three that crazy for them the rest of the way? They have a ton of talent. If the defense can get healthy, if Chris Harris can come back, I mean they lost Derwin for the year, so that's tough. But if if they can get this defense a little bit healthy, I mean they're and we've been over the Chargers a million times, but they're really stacked on defense. I mean you look at the secondary, you have Adderley, you have you have Chris Harris when healthy, you have Desmond King, I mean you have. You're it's it's almost funny. You look at this Chargers roster and it's like, how are you guys not better? Because, like, and then even Gilman's really solid. And then you and then you have Michael Davis and Casey Hayward. And then you go to the middle of their defense and you go up and you trade for a guy like a Kenneth Murray. And you go up and and you have a guy like a Denzel Perryman. You then you flip to the fr- their front four, and that might be the best part of their team. You have Bosa, who might be the the best edge rusher in the in the game. Uh, Nick got all the praise last year, and rightfully so. Nick is a very good rusher, but but they're different. Um, but I I think I kind of prefer uh, Joey just because he's more smooth. Nick is powerful. He's unblockable. He's incredible. But Joey's just smooth. He has every move in the book. He can help on the run too. I mean Joey is really one of the best edge guys in the league to me. I just, and then you look and it's Melvin Ingram on the opposite side of him. And, and then you got Joseph in the middle and Tillery and, you know, and Justin Jones can play a little bit. And this team is like really talented. And you flip over the other side and if Herbert's this guy and he really is. Um, and then if, if Eckler could get healthy, Keenan monster day, 13 catches yesterday. Uh, Mike Williams is your receiver too. He's a top 10 pick. Hunter Henry, and Virgil Green is your tight ends. That's solid. You've invested in the offensive line. The Chargers have really put Herbert into to fall into a good situation, and he's made the most of it. And Herbert has all the talent in the world. So now what they got to do is they got to put finish off the last piece of that. They got to get him a better head coach because even yesterday they're splitting Herbert out wide. They're taking Herbert out of the game on third and eights. It's like Anthony Lynn. Are you trying to get fired at halftime? What are you exactly doing here? It's like just play your rookie quarterback that's a star. <laughs> just do that. Just do the simple things. Um, but you can't even do that. And 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 and, and Herbert, you just you, you got. I mean, how big are we talking? Because you got the QB, you got the talent around him. 
Go get the go get the court coach that can completely change your franchise. Go swing that big because you got to because you're going in a division against the Chiefs and you're going to be going against Mahomes and Reed for the next how many ever years. You have to go get that type of coach to change what's been going on with this team forever. The injuries, the training staff, and that might be an owner problem. And we've been into that, but you got to go get a different type of coach. You got to go get a guy that's going to get everything out of your stud, very talented rookie QB. Um, who's lighting the league on fire, really. Like, there hasn't been a defense that can stop him yet. Um, and Denver's next. Denver's a, a really good defense. It's in Denver. Chargers are three-point road favorites. And it's another line I look at and I like it. I like the Chargers in that spot. I, I like Herbert, man. I'm all the way in. And we'll transition to the Chiefs and Denver next, that game, because Denver and Drew Locke, a quarterback I'm not all the way in on, I'm all the way out probably, is Drew Locke. Um, might be a little unfair. He's coming back from the injury. How healthy is he? I don't know. He had the knee. He left the game. Um, it's looking like he's going to play in this game. So, I mean, but in this Charger game. But I just, look, the mechanics aren't fixed at all. I mean, he had mechanical problems in college at Missouri with the hitches and, 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 the, and the clutches that he does and his footwork sloppy and it's just, it really looks bad, but he has a ton of arm talent, but the accuracy is not there. So it's, it's, it's tough, bad mechanics and bad accuracy. I'm just out on guys like that. And if you're Denver, um, you drafted this guy in the second round. It's not even, you didn't even invest. I mean, it's not great, but if you wanted to replace him after this year, I don't see any problem with that. I mean, it's not like you invested a ton. It's a, it's a second-round pick is a second-round pick. It's, it's just not a first-round pick. Um, and we know the benefit of the doubt you kind of get as a first-round pick um, as opposed to a second-round pick. Uh, so I just think if you're looking to move on, if you're Denver at the end of the year, that might not be the worst idea because this guy, bad mechanics, bad accuracy. I think we just need to kind of start being out on QBs like that. Um, Denver's 2-4. and four. Look, Denver is bad, like really, really bad. Um, I don't know. They're just tormented with injuries all year long. And then their QB that they were really counting on to get the ball to all these weapons that they put around him. And these weapons are banged up. Fant was playing hurt yesterday. Um, It's just he's not getting the job done. And he's been hurt too. But the Broncos' two wins are New England, who's – New England looks is really, really bad. We did the New England thing. And then the Jets, who are the Jets. Um, and they barely beat the Jets. And that was and that was with Ripken playing. But still, I mean, the Broncos are a team that I just, it's like really bad. And this is a point that I wanted to get to. Is like there's a lot of really bad teams in the league right now. There's seven one-win teams. And I'm just going to read you off good. I'm just going to read you off the teams I think are bad. The teams I think personally are bad. Um, Falcons, yes. Giants, yes. Vikings, yes. Cowboys, yes. Skin, uh, football team, uh, still making that mistake. I just said San Diego too. Um, So, yikes. But uh, football team, yes. Um, Eagles, yes. Jets, yes. Jags, yes. Texans, yes. Bengals, yes. Pats, yes. Denver, yes. I just named... 13 teams that I think are bad football teams. Just flat out bad. And that the league is really 
if you had flaws this year, I think with everything with COVID going on, they were just going to get completely and totally exploited. And, and, and also the injuries, a lot of these teams are completely t- killed with injuries. I mean, Denver's one of them, to be fair. Dallas, um, you know, New England, there's a lot of teams that have just been killed with injuries. But, yeah, there's just a lot of bad teams this year. And Denver, I think, unfortunately, for Denver fans is one of them. I just, I just think it's your quarterback, guys. It's, you guys got to go get another one um, at the end of the year. I, I'm looking to move on if I'm Denver from Drew Locke. So trying to think. Is there any other game? Falcons blow another lead. My goodness. Wow. And the Lions are suddenly 3-3 three and three and not looking too bad. I mean, they're, they're really not a bad team. Um, the, the Lions, I mean, they... They won that one, probably shouldn't have, but they lost that Bears game. I mean, it always kind of evens out unless unless you're Seattle or the, the Chargers. But, um, like, their losses are Chicago 5-1. and one. We'll see. I think they uh, – we'll see. I, I, I really like the Rams tonight. I, I'd even take minus six tonight for the Rams. I think it's a good spot for them at home. Uh, I think the Bears kind of get exposed a little bit here. The Bears have the 27th-ranked offense. Like, um, but the Bears are 5-1. and one. Uh, and so the Lions, anyway, we're talking about the Lions. Um, <laughs> Lions lost to them, they lost to the Packers, and they lost to the Saints. I mean, they beat Arizona in Arizona, and they've won, they've won three road games. The Lions aren't bad. They, they get the Colts next. Uh, I, I'm interested to see that line. Two and a half. Yeah, it's a two and a half point Colts line. Um, I kind of like the Lions. Um, yeah, the Lions, are, they're, not, they're not a bad team. They're three and three. I, I think they're solid. I think them, I think San Francisco, I think um, the Rams, you know, maybe Arizona. I think those, Arizona's probably more in than those teams, but I think those are kind of be your teams fighting for that five, six, seven, you know, eight on the outside looking in playoff spots in the NFC. Um, I, think, I think they're pretty good. Uh, next week is a good test for both teams, I think the Colts and Lions. So anything else? Um, Niners, I didn't really talk about. Kind of back on track. They they were fa- they were two and three. They were facing a gauntlet of a schedule, which they're still in the middle of. They 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 still they're next. They're at Seattle next week, where they're three and a half point dogs, and they're home for Green Bay on a Thursday night, and then they're at New Orleans. So and then they're at Buffalo after a bye. So it does not soften up for San Francisco at all. They're in the middle of a very, very hard schedule, which if you think back to last year, they went in the middle of a very hard schedule where they played Green Bay, they played the Ravens, the Saints. Um, it was something like that in that order. Um, I'm not sure, but something like that. And they they went they got through it like two and they went like two and one. And it's like, okay, yeah, they're a true, true contender. I think we know now if they were healthy, they're a true contender. Their coach, I mean, Shanahan was brilliant yesterday, just completely with the motion, the movement. Ayuk over here, Samuels. I mean, th- those guys are not fun to tackle, man. Kittle and Ayuk and uh, Debo, are you kidding me? Those guys are not fun to tackle on those jet sweeps, on those quick balls. Uh, they do not ask a lot from their quarterback. They just don't. I mean, you look at Jimmy, 20 to 25. I don't know what to make of him. I, 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 he's the ultimate guy I'm just very, very confused by because the two picks were some of the worst throws you'll see, which he does that so much. But then 2025 is good, and that's all you'll need for him from him. Um, 
So another game in Seattle next week. Those two teams always play insane games. I can only imagine what's coming next week. Uh, next week is a great week of games. Whew. Tell me what, what time is that Niners-Seahawks game? Afternoon. All right, not bad. Um, yeah, so I think that's going to do it. Uh, I like the Rams tonight, minus six. Definitely going to win that game. Uh, Packers thoughts quickly. I guess, and before we get out of here, Rodgers, what a day. Devontae Adams, what a day. Kind of what you're used to with those guys. Houston's really bad. Five and one. Like, the NFC, like, if you're looking at the hierarchy of the NFC, which is kind of, like, that game, Green Bay should have won. They did. Um, but the hierarchy of the NFC is is really starting to get interesting because it's like, Tampa looks great. They beat Green Bay, so you kind of give them got to give them that edge over them. But then I kind of like Seattle against Tampa, maybe, and then but also I kind of think Green Bay matches up well with Seattle. So I mean, it's kind of like a rock paper scissors things at the top. If you told me any three of those teams were the best team in the NFC, I can't argue with you. I think it's going to depend on where the games are played. It's going to depend on who gets who in the playoffs. Because if you're the two seed and you get San Francisco in round one and they're a little healthier, how does that matchup sound? That sounds horrible. As a Packer fan, I wake up in the night worried about that. Or if you play like, like you're, it's, you're, if you, if you're the, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, we're a long, we're talking a ways out, a ways ahead of time. But I mean, if you get New Orleans in round one, how does, I mean, that's not fun either. So, I mean, or Arizona or the Rams, like all these teams are good. So getting the one seed is crucial because of the only one by this year. How's it going to shake out? I mean, Green Bay has the second easiest schedule remaining in the league. That's huge for them. But also Tampa has a tiebreaker over them. Uh, Seattle, I think, is kind of more towards not getting the one seed. I think I would favor that just because of the division they're in. Strictly, they're in the division with all teams over 500, arguably the best division in, in, the, in the league, really. I mean, if it's that or the AFC North, right? So I think, I think Green Bay or Tampa kind of sits better in that spot. I mean, let's look at percentage to get a buy. Um, percentage chance to get a buy, yeah, Green Bay 23%, Seattle 20 Tampa 18 and actually Chicago 18 they're way higher on Chicago than me I I don't I don't see Chicago as that caliber team I don't even put them in that tier with those three are they going to be a playoff team probably they have five wins stockpiled they have a solid defense but this team has the 27th ranked offense like they can't move the ball and we've seen a team like that make the playoffs, but ultimately you're not a true contender. If that's the way your team is, that's the way your team's built. Um, so yeah, I think that's going to do it, guys. We are coming back. We have a lot to discuss. It is a very loaded week eight in the NFL. We have a lot of topics to discuss. So um, yeah, that's going to do it for another episode of the Low Expectations Podcast. This has been your host, Ty. Peace.